Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired I Feel Everything Soul Searching at Ted's Inspiration Assembly Line by Aaron Griffith. Somewhere between my 8th and 18th turmeric lattes, I realized I was dangerously close to falling for Ted. The annual conference, which gathers elite technologists, thought leaders, scientists, economists, futurists, visionaries, activists, physicists, poets, enthusiasts, academics, entertainers, and billionaires, has a binary reputation. For anyone who hasn't been, it's an object of easy mockery. For anyone who has, it's a religion. After five days in the Garden of Ted, downing blueberry mint kombucha, champagne gummy bears, and green juice described as good for when you feel like you're being chased by a cheetah, I had seen the light. The ideas felt exciting flying cars, fluid democracies, arousal non concordance. The speakers elicited gasps of wonder, unself conscious giggles, or heavy sighs of righteous indignation. A workshop on the concept of awe actually inspired awe. At least four talks brought me to tears. Ted has a way of raising the stakes on every topic, no matter how tiny, to transformative world changing statuses. But as the world has begun to question the murky side effects of many of these groundbreaking innovations, the mind blowing magic Ted is known for can feel darker. No one is coming to the event in the frame of mind that all is well and easy in the land of technology. Ted curator Chris Anderson said in a press call before the event. It was a sentiment that echoed throughout the conference after VR pioneer Jaron Laniers wrapped up a talk criticizing Facebook and Google's advertising based behavior modification empires. Anderson pointed out that the same thing was happening to everyone in the room. On some level, he said, We're all in the behavior manipulation business. It's what human interaction is about. It's a well honed formula. 
Try spending a week in a dark room while a river of eloquent speakers, one after another, deploy touching personal anecdotes and surprising revelations in meticulously crafted 10-minute emotional roller coasters. It's nearly impossible to avoid getting swept up. Poet Sarah Kay noted in a workshop that a week at TED can feel like you're a live wire of thoughts and feelings and emotions. Singer Luke Sital Singh, who crooned heartfelt songs Thursday evening, wore a name tag that read, Ask Me About Making People Cry. Lanier, who followed a talk by a teacher who survived the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, spent the first few minutes of his talk trying to compose himself. Chris didn't warn me the talk before me would bring me to tears, he said, to warm applause. The positive vibes were apparent whenever a presenter lost their place, welled up with tears, or suffered a technical malfunction. Each time, the audience encouragingly applauded the speaker back from the brink. I wondered if there was anything we wouldn't applaud for. The hiccups? A fart? Between sessions, I tested out gentle criticisms with attendees. Didn't some of these standing ovations seem planted by the speaker's friends? And wasn't the rush to stand up and applaud less about the brilliance of the speaker and more a way of signaling exactly how much we care about stopping fascists, ethical AI, extreme poverty in India, etc.? Are these talks and our applause an empty substitute for real action, the equivalent of an awareness-raising ribbon? How many of the power brokers in the room have actually changed the way they do business as a result of something they heard in a TED Talk? How many of the attendees cheering along to call for environmental reform arrived by private jet? Didn't it sometimes feel like socially conscious theater? Don't get me wrong, the turmeric lattes were delicious, but wasn't the preciousness of it all the tech playground filled with robots, virtual statues, short story dispensers, selfies printed onto cookies, landscape immersion, and vitagene genetic analysis a bit much? A few attendees responded to my criticism with nods of solidarity. Others called me a hater and a cynic. It mirrored the tech industry's range of reactions to any sort of criticism for the last 10 years. This is an industry that's used to being applauded for changing the world and not being picked apart for it. TED's organizers have worked to combat knocks that it's more about giving rich people a cool experience than enlightening the world. Initiatives like the Audacious Project, a $250 million charity fund, and the TED Fellows Program, which provides resources to visionaries who are creating positive change in the world, deserve kudos. As is the way TED addresses its own hashtag MeToo scandal by announcing it to the conference, noting two past attendees had been disinvited and reading a code of conduct aloud. The conference allows attendees to voice criticisms in the form of one-minute rebuttals on the main stage. One responder applauded the racial diversity among attendees but expressed disappointment in the prevalence of imagery and content that depicted the African diaspora as a population in need of help and charity. If diversity was the invitation that got us here, inclusion is the hard work, he says. Another criticized video game developer David Cage's use of adolescent male fantasies in a game demo. A male responder criticized actress Tracy Ellis Ross's impassioned description of female fury, saying it did not invite him into the conversation. A female responder later pointed out that, in fact, Ellis Ross has expressly invited men to the conversation. He admitted he didn't hear that part, the responder said. Some TED sessions were designed to make attendees uncomfortable, setting aside the event's many creature comforts like massages, botanical organic snacks, and sleek steel case furnishings. Anderson told the audience to embrace the discomfort during the opening session titled Doom, Gloom, Outrage, Uproar, 
in which speakers advocated for feminism, gun rights, and open dialogue around free speech for scientists and deleting our social media accounts. They elicited tears, standing ovations, and whooping cheers from the eager TED audience, except for the man next to me, who played solitaire on his iPad. Ellis Ross described a situation where a friend of hers felt fury toward a man who touched her without her consent. I feel like this is the point in the room where all the men are getting a little uncomfortable, she said. Solitaire man got up and walked out. Too much discomfort. Many of the talks concluded with a host asking follow-up questions about the dangers of the technology demonstrated. Couldn't the video editing tool shown by Dr. Supasorn Suajanakombi of Google Brain be used to spread extremely compelling disinformation, for example? Dolby Labs chief scientist Poppy Crum uses tubes that measured carbon dioxide in the air to detect the level of fear in the room, declaring that technology would render the poker face a thing of the past. Whoa. Couldn't that be used against us? The presenters all expressed a desire to ensure the technology they were building would have a positive effect on society. But the programming left some attendees I spoke with feeling depressed. The last two years of headlines have shown us what happens when powerful technology like social media gets abused by nefarious actors. It's difficult to imagine the same thing won't keep happening with each new breakthrough. James Bridal, a writer and TED speaker, outlined the difficult challenge the tech industry currently faces. Any technological problem of any size and scale are political problems as well, he said. We can't fix it just by changing the technology, but also the society that is using it. On Ted's final day, Anderson noted that he hoped attendees could embrace discomfort and maybe occasionally still feel joy in what's being achieved. I don't know, he added. We're all still trying to do this. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.